Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello and welcome to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird. I'm your host, Brenda Baird, a certified professional coach and energy leadership master practitioner. I work with individuals and both large and small businesses that want to remove the roadblocks to building strong leadership skills in order to create more fulfilling lives and satisfying careers. I help individuals find the answers within themselves to make all of that possible for them to achieve their professional goals and their personal dreams. If you're tuning in for the first time, this show is about leadership. I explore topics that are important to being a great leader. And as a core energy coach, I help to anchor people to their internal strengths and inspire them to dream beyond their plans. I guide them through growing their emotional intelligence and help to facilitate the change my clients need to prepare them to face the future with confidence and optimism. If you or someone you know is interested in exploring professional coaching, just check out my website at brindabairdcoaching.com. You can get more information there, or you can even schedule a free introductory session. You see, I believe we are all leaders somewhere in our lives. And certainly, we are the leaders of our own lives. I hope today's topic inspires you to reflect and take some time to make your life the best life that it can be. Now, if you want to join my conversation today, just dial 646-716-9397. Then press 1 to get into the queue. You'll have an opportunity to ask me questions on the topic of culture leadership, or maybe you have a question about how coaching can help you or your organization. If you can't call in because you're using your mobile device, just send me a question at brenda at brendabairdcoaching.com, and I'll answer your questions on the air. Okay, so let's get started. If you've ever been a part of an organization, you've most likely heard about organizational culture. For some companies, it's the one-size-fits-all answer to explain every competitive advantage or success that they've ever had in the marketplace. You may hear things like, we always achieve our goals because we are a results-oriented culture. For other companies, culture is the ultimate scapegoat. It's the shorthand explanation for every failure. 
you'll often hear comments like, we could be more innovative, but the culture here is terrible. Culture is worshipped, and for others, culture is maligned. But one thing I know for sure is culture is powerful and mysterious all at the same time. Organizational culture is like the wind. We can't see it, but we can feel it. We often can't describe it, but we know it's there. We know what makes a difference, but we can't fully explain why. The culture of an organization is undoubtedly important because organizations not only exist to make a profit, but to make an impact on society or on the customers they produce products and services for. Most mission statements are proof of that. Companies want to make an impact outside the four walls of the business. Where things can go wrong is when an organization's leaders forget that part of the culture impact includes how we treat each other while doing the work of the organization. So today's show is going to take a hard look at culture and how it is at the core of all organizations' problems. Now, remember, the number to call in is 646-716-9397, and press 1 to get an cue. Now, here's the one catch about culture. A positive culture where we see professionalism, high achievement, and team building is concentrated and propels employees to work at a higher level, and it is quite important. But a positive culture isn't enough to guarantee a profitable success for the company. However, a negative company culture, one that is too casual, disorganized, or even unethical in its values and practices, will adversely affect employee performance, which definitely impacts results. U.S. News and World Report states that one of the main reasons employees are unhappy in their job is a negative company culture. Negative company culture can break or derail even the most intelligent strategic plans. Negative culture is at the heart of every company's challenge. So what exactly is organizational culture? How can a leader harness that culture to improve their results? And what do you do if your culture is creating headwinds for your employees instead of tailwinds? Organizational culture can be notoriously difficult for companies to define. Well, here's my definition of culture. Culture is the environment in which a company operates. It's the conditions a leader surrounds their employees with and the ways in which leaders make decisions. Simply put, culture is what leaders say versus what they actually demonstrate. The difference between the two is the core company culture. This difference is often unspoken and not written down, but it is known by observing the behaviors of leadership. In my research, I found many different spins on the definition and types of cultures that exist in an organization. For that reason, it can be easier sometimes to explain what culture is not rather than to explain what it is. So first of all, com company culture is not strategy. 
Strategy involves focusing the organization on a set of objectives and goals that work together to achieve, in some cases, choosing what not to do. Strategy is not only the plan to handle the competition, but strategy is the plan to actually stay ahead of the competition. Culture is not a list of values. Although culture involves the values, it is not the printed mission statement or the values listed on someone's website. Culture involves the action of leaders more than the words. Culture isn't about personalities. Now, culture revolves around people, but culture isn't about one specific person. There are plenty of competent, kind, intelligent people toiling away in a destructive culture. And sometimes there are unscrupulous people hiding in rigorous, encouraging cultures. Culture is bigger than a group of people at the company. If an organization's culture changes significantly when it hires in new people, then the culture is really weak to begin with if those employees somehow change the culture of the company. You know, culture isn't optional either. Every organization has one, whether it wants one or not. And when I hear an organizational leader say, culture isn't important to us, they've actually told me something very important about the culture of their company. Culture isn't perfect. Every organization has a problem. Even organizations with empowering, positive cultures will make mistakes, have missteps, and can make some head-scratching decisions from time to time. Good culture isn't about being perfect. Good culture is about how well the organization is equipped to learn and respond and grow from the inevitable problems that it faces. So again, culture is three things. It's what the leader says, what the leader actually demonstrates, and the difference between the two. In other words, culture is all about the spoken and unspoken rules of behavior. The size of that gap between what a leader says and what a leader demonstrates shows how healthy or unhealthy the culture of the organization actually is. The bigger the gap, the more the culture is off track. As a professional coach, I have clients that are looking for ways to better manage the impact of, that work has on their lives. And sometimes the clients need to make a change. But many times the person is looking to stay at their job and just overcome the blocks that keep them from being successful. Oftentimes, new leaders are just looking for help in building the skills that will allow them to influence their culture positively. Coaching is a powerful process that helps people reshape the way they think, the way of being, the actions they take. This change brings out the best of them and those around them. We actually uh, have an email question Hang on here just a second. From Candace, she wants to know, can you explain further what the comment culture isn't important tells you? Oh, sure, absolutely. So you may have heard the quote, often it's attributed to Peter Drucker, 
who says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. <laughs> well, when I hear a company leader tell me that culture is not important, I think of three things right, right off the bat. The first is, more than likely, the HR recruiting process is weak. Secondly, that employee turnover may be high, but that the business is often making excuses for the why. For example, turnover is high, but it's because our competitors pay more. Or turnover is high because the person lives far away and they don't want to drive the distance anymore. Uh, excuses. They just won't believe that turnover could be related to culture. And the third thing that I think is that co the culture of the company is probably demanding or what I call a fear-based culture. Employees most likely are working very hard and very long hours. They're held to some very high standards. They rarely receive praise. And normally they just get negative reinforcement. So thank, Candace, thank you, Candace, for asking for that clarification. So here's a few ways to know if your organization is actually off track. The first one is careless attitude. A poor company culture is one lacking in direction. This lack of direction by leadership in getting the work done allows for careless attitudes to just propagate. Employees in a culture where there is little expected are likely to procrastinate or take shortcuts when they actually do execute their work. The motivation to pay attention to details is absent. And this behavior illustrates a general poor performance and it's linked right back to organizational culture. Casual approach is another uh, sign that there's problems in the, in the culture. Working in a poor organizational culture promotes thoughtlessness behavior by the staff. There's a lack of ethics that discourages workers from paying careful attention to their duties and to customer service. The atmosphere is so casual, it's casual to a point where careless behavior such as using profanity, dressing inappropriately, and expressing thoughtlessness in client interactions just pervades. Professionalism suffers greatly in this type of a work environment. Then there's low self-confidence. A culture rich in ethics and committed to professional values serves to encourage employees by making them aware of, the, of their importance to the organization. A company with a poor culture, however, can serve to lower the confidence level of employees. Employees fail to thrive in an environment that is neglectful in training, in mentoring its workforce. There's little opportunity for employees to excel as they become mirrored in a culture of underappreciation. Another sign is morale diminishes. Morale diminishes in an atmosphere lacking strong leadership. And in my 30 plus years in business, I believe morale is chiefly determined by the company culture. Employees in a negative culture suffer from low or what I call catabolic energy due to feeling like they are a victim or seeing no way to make it better. They lack motivation and they lack the ability to come up with new ideas. 
Their attitudes are likely to be ones of indifference or even hostility as they deal with the lack of leadership. Managers within this environment often respond with frustration and often turn a blind eye to the failure of employees to perform well. And supervisors struggle with the defeatist attitude in the face of a bad company culture. Another symptom is the lack of growth. Businesses depend on their employees to allow them to profit and expand. Within a negative company culture, staff members are unlikely to perform at high levels. Thus, they severely limit the company's potential as well as their own professional growth. Employees who are not empowered by a company culture dedicated to their performance and satisfaction often fail to develop new skills and frequently are void of finding new ways of thinking about problems or trying to find new ways of doing tasks. They are just left to stagnate in a position that provides little satisfaction or room for growth. I once worked with a leader who asked me to help him with courage to stand alone. The company he was leaded touted one of their values as an obligation of dissent. And I found that to be really quite interesting. New employees were told that they were hired because of their opinions and their intelligence. And at this company, they were expected to contribute in both of those ways. I remember the first team meeting I was asked to observe. Two vice presidents got into a heated debate right in front of everyone about a core element of the company's strategy. At first, it was a little bit unsettling, I have to admit. But more than that, it was encouraging and actually bolstering. Rather than shutting down the conversation, the COO turned to all of us and said, let's give these two a hand for reinforcing our values. Now, that company faced a lot of challenges as it grew, but culture was not one of them. There was a core set of written values that were continually highlighted, and the leadership team took pains to reinforce the values and to actually make them real. I had another client who, from the outside, uh, looked like a much stronger company, certainly bigger, older, more well-known, and had a very charismatic general manager. But when I walked into the building, the culture was palatable. The only problem was the actual culture was almost the complete opposite of what the company claimed it to be. The company claimed to value quality, integrity, and team, but employees were routinely asked to work long hours through the weekend, which often affected the quality of their work. The company claimed to want innovation, but the general manager regularly criticized people who disagreed with him, sometimes in a very humiliating way. And in this organization, the problem wasn't a lack of culture. In fact, the culture was so strong, you could sense it as soon as you walked into the building. The problem was the culture was almost the complete opposite of what the leaders had claimed it to be. As a result, cynicism was rampant, turnover was high, and the important conversation happened in the hallway after the meetings 
rather than in the boardroom. Well, this brings up a very important point about culture. Saying a company has a strong culture is different than saying it has a positive or a good culture. It's sort of like the fragrance of a flower. If you can imagine the hint of an appealing smell, perhaps a single yellow rose, the smell is positive. It's nice, but you can barely make it out. Contrast that with a pungent odor of a nastier kind. The pleasantness or the unpleasantness of the odor is different than how it is detectable. So why does all this matter? Well, here are a few reasons why culture matters, good culture matters in an organization. Organizational culture refers to the shared values and norms among employees that influence their mentality and behaviors. Organizations that score high on good culture traits demonstrate these four things, connection, consistency, adaptability, and mission. These traits give employees a sense of identity, increased commitment. It actually strengthens the organizational values and shapes behavior. Leaders can influence corporate culture with effective recognition and rewards, with their hiring and firing criteria, and with their own conduct. Oh, we have another email that just came in. This email is from Cindy in Austin, Austin, Texas. Beautiful city. She says, what is it about some leaders that makes it so hard for them to motivate and inspire others? Why do they struggle with feedback? Is it really that hard to recognize the work I do? Signed, unappreciated. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. That's a great question. Well, to be honest with you, for some leaders, it can be very difficult to lead, especially if they were technical experts in a certain field and they have been promoted because of their expertise or their winning personality. They really are, um, you know, a couple of actions that, that they can take. That leader could find a way to contribute to the organization that doesn't require people management. I mean, that's one thing that they could do. Secondly, though, is to turn to coaching, to gain awareness around what it is that's blocking the leader from these certain situations. Usually, once awareness is created, the leader can choose to integrate the awareness into choosing a different approach to handling those matters. Thanks, Cindy. That is a great question. And if that question sounds like you or someone within your organization, just connect with me at brindabaird.coaching.com. I would love to part with, partner with you. This is often something we see in any organization where a technical expert is actually promoted into a people leadership role, and they have absolutely no experience doing that. They've just been promoted around their technical expertise. Coaching can help leaders like this to understand what it is that stops them from motivating and inspiring other people. Okay, we were talking about why culture matters and what makes it positive. Well, I mentioned the four traits, connection, consistency, adaptability, and mission. So first, connection. Connection means that you know your staff and you know their strengths. 
Connection allows you to empower those employees then to take action. You encourage teamwork and you strive to develop their capabilities. Employees need to feel that they own the work and that they have input into some decisions. You know, you see this in customer service a lot where you call customer service and you have a question that you need a repair or you need an answer. And the person on the other end of the phone is not empowered to do the very thing you need to be a satisfied customer. So that's what I mean by connection and empowering employees, to give them actually the authority to do what it is they need to do to make sure that their customers are satisfied. They really should have meaningful job descriptions and like I said, with proper authority over the tasks they're responsible for. These folks are on the ground closest to your business. Really need to listen to them. Get connected. And of course, corporate performance depends on the consistency of an employee's behavior, the way in which they coordinate and create synergies across functions. Strong shared principles and beliefs create that consistent performance. So companies face a variety of competitive challenges, and opinions may differ on how to tackle them. But in a good culture, a good culture encourages consensus and cooperation through meaningful dialogue. The exchange of thoughts and ideas without conflict or demeaning reactions is vital. A consistent meeting communication protocol should allow for everyone to be heard and understood. This is vital. An adaptable company is focused on the needs of the customers and should be willing to change. Companies like this are called learning organizations in which new knowledge is constantly developed to meet the changes in the external environment. And last, an effective organization with a good culture has clearly defined a mission. It has articulated the vision of the desired future of what should be developed, and employees need to be involved in the creation of those statements. Remember, the gap between these written documents and the leader's behavior, that's your culture. So how big is the gap in your organization. All right, we have another email from Joe from New York. Joe says, I would say my company has a couple of these traits, but not all of them. Do you need all of them to be considered a positive culture? Ah, that's a really great question. Companies that have strengths in say only two of the cultural characteristics, those combinations. They're all positive, but certainly they define the organization. Here's some examples. Those strong in adaptability and mission are externally focused. So they will often be touted as quick to adapt to the changing market and employees may be overlooked. So that's a watch out for that type of combination. If you have a combination of strong connection and consistency traits, this is really linked to an internal focus. 
Here we see employees feel they have a greater quality of life and job satisfaction. In this case, you might think of a company like Google, very innovative. Adaptability and connection, this often leads to flexibility and innovation. They can react to the marketplace very quickly and they're very innovative in how they deliver their products and services. Uh, say something like Amazon. And while mission and consistency bring about a more stable and long-term predictability, you might think of that as a more traditional culture like uh, GE. So this is, this is really an awesome question because many times companies don't have all of the traits working together. They'll have some sort of combination. And the combination of those good quality traits will determine the kind of company that it needs to be in order to be successful. So finally, the culture of the organization is part of that hard to describe, easy to see, authenticity that customers increasingly notice. Let me tell you, if your employees are rolling their eyes at hypocrisies, if your leader is contradictory, if there are rapid and sudden changes in strategic direction with or no direction at all, without proper communication, chances are people from the outside are seeing it too. And long-term, that won't be good for your organization or for your career. So how do you know if your culture is productive or it's counterproductive? Well, chances are, if you're listening to the show today, you already know. But here are a few quick ways to diagnose the environment. <clears throat> When's the last time you read the company value and mission statement to your staff? If it's been a long time, or the last time they heard it was in orientation, it's time to pull that out. How inspiring are you when you actually read the mission statement and the values? Do you speak really fast? Do you kind of roll your eyes and mutter under your breath? If, if you hear yourself saying, oh, well, that's not how it works around here, chances are there's a culture gap. Hey, do your team members, your boss, your peers, and the people you manage, do they recognize each other for the work that reflects the stated values of the organization? Good cultures don't just use the values. They reinforce the values they want to see. Is there a set of informal rules that govern how things actually work? You know, sometimes in my coaching work, I ask my clients, so how did you arrive at such and such a decision? And one giveaway of a dysfunctional culture is when I hear the passive voice. Remember this from English class? Active voice sounds like responsibility. I made the decision. Passive voice sounds like the subject is removed. The decision was made by, because. So when you hear passive voice, it is usually a sign of a culture afraid to take responsibility, afraid to delegate, afraid to disagree, afraid to be wrong, or all of the above. We see this with selfish, selfish managers 
or a very political environment. You know what I mean by political environment. And terrible incentives can sometimes deliberately sabotage cultures. But most of the time, cultures get off track simply because of neglect. Continual personal development is the core or the cure, excuse me, for the neglect. So here are a few ways that you can personally take responsibility as a leader and improve your culture. The first way is to lead by example. Model the way you want the company employees to be is always a good first step. Remain open to others' ideas. You know, this doesn't mean that you have to take every employee's ideas and put them into action. That's just not realistic. But what is realistic is that you can be open to listening to those ideas. Let the employee know that they can come to you with ideas. Bring their thoughts and that you'll listen and consider them. And if it's a viable solution, implement it and give credit where credit is deserved. Working in a culture of silence, even though that organization says it values input, no good. Create the environment where employees can raise their hand during meetings and give their opinions, even if those opinions differ from you, the leader. As a leader, use your one-on-one meetings to check in on important projects. Don't use it as social hour between you and your employees. Find out how the projects are going. Are they at the milestones that they need to be at? And how is the employee doing? How are they feeling about the project? What are their thoughts about how they, they might do it better? What resources do they need in order to be successful? Use that one-on-one time with them to be productive. And recognize the company values. As we said earlier, culture isn't just about a list of values. But spend a little time each week recognizing people around you for living your organizational values and mission. This really doesn't have to be difficult. A short email that could say something like, we saw you yesterday uh, dealing with that irate customer. I really saw that you were working the company values and I appreciate your hard work. This recognition, just a simple email that I recognize that you were living the values and you did a great job can have a profound impact. Oftentimes, you know, leaders will talk about recognition programs and we've budgeted dollars to recognize people for their hard work. When frankly, an email like that is worth much more than providing some sort of monetary reward to an employee, uh, unless it's a sizable amount of money the proper recognition is really more valuable to them than the gift card or whatever it is that you're going to do. Sometimes the organization, uh, the organization's values are actually scoffed, um, but you don't have to look down on them just because everyone else does. Especially if you're trying to change the culture, you may see this where people are not going to believe it for a while that we're actually gonna make the changes that we need to make. But every time you highlight them, you will make them more real. 
Here's another idea. Invite outside speakers to present to your company or to present to your teams. It's a great big world out there, and yet so often we are stuck within the four walls of our own logo. <laughs> Inviting an outside speaker to, pre to present shows your employees that you are willing to consider new ideas and that you're humble enough to believe that you don't know everything because, quite frankly, you don't. Now, don't get discouraged. The most important takeaway about culture is that you never actually fully arrive. A culture that is empowering, encouraging, and supportive isn't a specific objective. It's an ongoing undertaking. Culture requires constant attention, care, and nurturing by the leader. Part of the reward of a vibrant culture is to actually see that you've inspired a group of people that you trust about how the group can achieve more and to actually see them do that. I'll tell you, as a leader, there is nothing more rewarding than seeing that happen. I've seen a lot of cultures that need encouragement and a few that need an overhaul, but I've never seen a culture that isn't beyond repair. And I've never seen a culture in which the efforts of leadership couldn't make a dramatic impact. So keep working, don't get discouraged, and don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it. If any part of this conversation sounds familiar, I would love to partner with you and your organization. Thank you everybody for tuning in to today's show. The next show uh, will be Tuesday, August 9th at 1 p.m., 12 p.m. Central Time. This show has a very special guest. It's Dr. Jeff Williamson from Olivet Nazarene University. This show was supposed to air earlier, and we had some technical difficulties with the radio station, so it was rescheduled for August 9th. So that show is coming up August 9th, 1 p.m., 12 p.m. Central Time, we're going to be talking about building trust and strong relationships. This topic really feeds back into creating a good culture within your company. So I hope you take the time to sharpen your, take some time for listening in on how to build trust and strong relationships. You can find the link to that show on my Facebook page, Brenda Baird Coaching, or sign up for my newsletter. You'll get show reminders. You can sign up at BrendaBairdCoaching.com. Also, if you don't have time to listen to the show when it broadcasts live, I want you to know that you can click on the radio show page on my website, and you can find the link to the archives of every show that has ever been broadcast. So thank you again for tuning in to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird. I think that's all we have today. I think it's a wrap, Tommy. So until next time, be safe and have fun. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 